Okay, so welcome everybody. And uh, for those of you sticking around from the prior, I don't know, what do you want to call it? <laughs> the emotional catharsis that is complaining about uh, all things Justin Sun. So, uh, you know, I record this show and I publish it on 3Speak and, and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So for those who are watching the recording, uh, what uh, has just happened today, today is 19th of May, 2020. Um, there was an announced uh, hard fork that is going through on Steam. And basically a lot of the Hive proponents are going to be, uh, you know, have their Steam funds removed, you know, uh, so everybody's all in a tizzy and understandably so um but uh <laughs> this show is about splinterland so i mean ag has this habit of of creating these town hall things on the spur of the moment and um i guess this one went two or three hours and uh now we're talking splinterlands and it is all related uh because <laughs> so what i was going to talk about this week was the anytime tournaments but um that has all kind of uh, been overshadowed by by other things. So, uh, if you're watching the stream, though, I do have this new animation that Paco Limited make made for me, and uh, it was funny. So he <laughs> he asked me to delegate him some legendary summoners. I was like, eh, I don't know. And then he made this gift. I was like, okay, you can have some delegates. You can have some legendary summoners. More volume, please, sir. Um, it's in the yellow. Let's see. I can boost some gain. Uh, let's do advanced. Desktop audio mic. How about this? Does this sound any better? Testing one, two, three. Volume is pretty good. Uh, I don't know anything about Splinterlands. Can I make money playing it? If so, I'll check it out. Yes, you can make money playing it. Um, so here's. Here is uh, my portfolio, if my screen capture will work. I'm missing part of my forehead. Yeah, I've been playing around with the green screen stuff. Uh, hey, Cal. Welcome. So that, uh, that clip right there, that's, that's how much I have in my collection, $67,000 uh, worth. Um, so yeah, you can make money. Plus I have another couple million dark energy crystals, which is worth, you know, another grand or so. So there's money to be made. And I've done lots and lots of posts about how to make money. Uh, you can rent out your cards. You can, uh, <laughs> hope you're not facing down. Um, you can uh, buy and sell. You can do all kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, you can make money. And that's that's the cool thing about Splinterlands, actually, is that, you know, you own your cards, which we'll get to here in just a second, and uh, you can then do what you want with them. You can buy them. You can sell them. You can play them. You can rent them. You can abandon them, um, which a lot of people, you know, from the original uh, launch days... Uh, did and are sitting now on you know a few cards worth worth a few bucks when they put in much less than a few bucks so you know there's definitely money to be made so uh, we have the the hard fork now there were rumors about this going around a couple days ago and I had posted it in the Mavericks uh, channel and uh, people were <laughs> don't abandon your monsters how horrible they have feelings too uh, 
I have a feeling some people actually have accounts that are more valuable than even yours. Uh, yeah, there's like three or four people that have uh, more valuable collections than I do. Uh, so they are, they're, they definitely are there. You know, J there's J69 who has like three times what I have uh, in the game. So, uh, but he invested a lot more than I did. So ROI wise, I think I'm ahead. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, there was rumors about this hard fork going around. And now apparently it's official. And the, uh, the, uh, um, the response has been negative, let's say. So the, the Splinterlands team came out with this uh, post just a little while ago. Uh, 44, running 23.0 already. All right. So on that post, they say basically June 1st or sooner, uh, they're moving to Hive. And that is, you know, to be expected. I've been expecting this for quite a while. But uh, there are challenges with that. So, you know, fundamentally, your Spinnerlands cards are uh, interpretations of JSON transactions. Uh, so people uh, post, uh, you know, JSON, uh, cust custom JSONs, and uh, those correspond to, you know, tags, you know, identifiers of of cards and then various actions with those cards whether it be playing a playing a team or transferring or doing whatever so they are going to take the you know, basically take a snapshot at some point and then transfer everything over to hive and hive engine um, you did not have to have money to start playing uh, you can play for free but um, if you want to make rewards and earn uh, earn crypto then you have to at least buy the starter pack which is which is now called the Summoner Spellbook, and it's 10 bucks. Uh, $2 is for the booster packs. That's for additional cards. But for the first set, it's 10 bucks. Um, but yeah, you can play for free and just, just have fun. That's, that's, uh, that's fine. Uh, does it matter when one starts to play? Uh, most of our time, early adopters have some advantages, and I did not start early because I've told the game is very addictive. Does one have the same chance now, like, let's say, six months ago? So uh, it's a good question. In terms of gameplay, um, there's no real early adopter advantage aside from just experience. I mean, you can buy the exact same cards that anybody else has, um, or you can play, you know. So there, there's different editions of, of cards. There was Alpha, then there was Beta, and now we're on Untamed. So the current editions, if you buy booster packs, are Untamed, which is a different set of cards than Alpha and Beta. So, um, you know, but the game balance is done very well. Now, if you, if you talk about in terms of money, uh, then, yeah, there is definitely a first-mover advantage. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, we're still in the first moves. At least I think so. So, you know, right now we've got about 5,000 active accounts on any given day. And the, um, you know, that's, in, in crypto terms, it's huge. In fact, uh, Dapp Radar just recently had a, uh, an announcement saying that they're now tracking Steam and Hive. And uh, in that, in this article, they're actually uh, they actually talk about uh, Splinterlands and how Hive is a is a uh, contentious fork uh, in response to what they call Tron Foundation's hostile takeover of Steam, and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So it says in the coming weeks, Dapp Radar will be keeping an eye, uh, a close eye on how these two divided communities develop, notably looking at the opportunities for new DApps to launch and the possibility of existing DApps to run across. Uh, to either run across both blockchains or transition Steam to from Steam to Hive. For example, VideoDap DTube is already running on Steam and Hive. So, yeah, that's all great.
But then if you actually look at their rankings, uh, what did you look? Once they added the actual support, uh, Splinterlands is at the top. <laughs> How about that? And of course, uh, you know, Steam and, uh, or Steamit.com, uh, PeakD, and other similar, um, you know, graphene-based uh, blockchain apps are, are at the top. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, who knew? Splinterlands was number one because they just weren't tracking it. <laughs> um, same thing, you know, state of the state of the dapps.com, you know, they have the same, uh, you know, Splinterlands is always number one or number two. Eh, sometimes number three. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably, I mean, if you're talking about apps, it's probably the most successful app in the history of crypto. So that's all great. And so, you know, our, is their first mover advantage uh, because of that? Um, I would say yes. Uh, you know, when, when we were buying alpha cards in June of 2018, and uh, those cards are now worth, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars, then yeah, that, that was an early mover advantage. But, um, you know, 5,000 is huge for crypto, uh, 5,000 users, uh, but it's, uh, it's nothing for a game. And this is a theme I've been going on about for uh, quite a while now, about how, you know, a, a, a decently successful game would be, you know, 20,000, 50,000 users. And, uh, you know, we're, we still have room to grow there. Um, the question is, will this shift uh, make the game more accessible? And in one sense, technically, yes. Uh, there, yeah, so Jarvi brings up another point, which I'm going to get to in just a second. Um, in, in some sense, uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, we, need, we need those. The game has to run. So running on Steam has been difficult for the last little while just because of this micro forks and um and everything that is just you started getting errors in the game saying you know error broadcasting transaction ignore and it's been it's been difficult um additionally a lot of the tokens uh that you know are in part of the game ecosystem so uh you know your dark energy crystals your orbs your untamed your alphas um your smt or spts uh, those all run on the steam engine ecosystem the second layer uh, smart contract uh, platform and trading those you know has been has been more and more difficult uh, just because you know just getting the network to work uh, has been more and more difficult so in in those in those senses uh, transitioning to hive will be a good thing because hive has been more stable not perfectly stable but more stable uh, so I get I get node broadcast errors on hive as well sometimes but not as much so there's that and uh, what Jarvis is saying here is that there are a lot of users exiting soon, so getting in could be a good deal again. This goes into the whole politics of, of the situation where, um, you know, there were a lot of users um, that, that had significant amounts of steam that were excluded from the hive airdrop. So they were basically told, yeah, you're not welcome over here. And uh, though those some of those people have said already that they're going to be selling everything and you know as splitterlands moves to hive they're not going and uh so there, there are going to be cards available for cheap <laughs> and, uh so if you want to if you want to pick up some of those you know you should check out peak monsters um and we got jarvi here and jarvi i'm just going to drag you on air i don't know if you're actually paying attention or not uh how do i do this why won't you scroll 
If I move, right to server, move to. There we go. All right, Jarvi, you are on the air uh, with me. You can unmute whatever you'd like, because um, I did want to talk about peak monsters uh, specifically. <laughs> Not too cheap. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey there. Okay, welcome. No, no. Yeah, I mean, I was all excited to talk about anytime tournaments and everything, but um, yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> oh, you don't hear Jarvie. Hold on a second, Jarvie. They don't hear you. I don't know what's going on with my audio here. Uh, speakers, desktop audio. Okay, Jarvie, can you say something? Yeah. Okay, can you can guys hear Jarvie now? Hear me now. Steeper's talking. <laughs> See, I mean, no. you're you're moving on so my meter here, me. so I think you, I think they can hear you. There we go. Oh, there we go. I, I don't know what happened to my audio settings. I just had to open it and I close it. I didn't say much. All I said was I woke up thinking I was going to do some other things today, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's two p.m. and I'm still caught up <laughs> looking at the fiasco on Steam, talking about you know talking with my business partner about what in the world do we do with peak monsters not that we didn't know that eventually this would happen right but it's still like okay now there's a deadline right. june 1st yeah so some people in the audience are asking what's the difference between peak monsters and splitterlands so you want to give the your quick uh, 30 second elevator pitch uh when splinterlands began they created a underlying protocol just to, the ability for people to buy and sell and trade and they created a very simplistic market and so we created a much like an advanced market interface to be able to do lots of different things with your cards including buy and sell we all use the same market underlying market interface we all use the same we just have different uh interfaces for it right so we'll have like bulk transactions or relative bulk listings and stuff like that so anyone can jump in and create an interface to the market splinterlands is a interface they're similar to us their right. their market interfaces are similar to us they also happen to have a game for it as well and they sell the cards for it right <laughs> Small you know, they sell there. packs of it <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean you know for for those who are new to splinterlands or um have, have never really dealt with it at all uh peak monsters is what makes the the trading aspect of the game possible um so i mean you can sell and, and people do sell straight on the site but it's just horrible <laughs> so uh peak monsters was the first third party marketplace to 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 address this this problem and there have been one or two others that have been developed since then but honestly i can't say good or bad about them i have not used them i only use uh, peak monsters so if you want to buy if you want to sell if you want to bid if you want to rent uh, if you want to sell a set of cards uh, if you want to transfer a hundred cards from one account to another account that's all stuff that peak monsters can do that splinterlands.com cannot so related to your other that person's question or well, that comment that i made and then your discussion about it like uh it could be a good time to get cards right now right because there yeah. are people with 
very significant collections that are going to be wanting to sell their collections. I, I, I mean, some of us probably feel we're, we still love the game, but we're probably overly invested. <laughs> that is probably true. So I just listed, because I knew that people were going to list, so I was like testing it out, and I took off one of my accounts from playing, and I listed it. Mm -hmm. just to see how it was and i was like i have it listed down as being an account worth a thousand dollars but right now it's telling me it's worth like 750 <laughs> so that's why i'm saying it's a good deal that's like 25 percent off and then i listed it for 690 or something like that. Mm -hmm. so you're talking about 31 percent off of what it was not too long ago when i wrote that down which was probably like a month a couple months ago okay that'll work um, but yeah, just, just to give an example, cause, uh, this, I don't feel like I'm exposing anything cause, uh, he said so publicly, uh, uh glory seven, who's one of the, uh, the, I, I would say one of the leaders in the Korean community on steam, um, has, has said that he's not moving to hive and he's been saying this for a long time. Uh, and he's open to offers, you know, so he's got an, he's got an account that is worth $22,000, uh, right now. And uh, to, to Ron's point, you know, it, prices are actually up slightly uh, over the last day or two uh, on cards. At least my collection value is up. It went up about a thousand bucks. I don't see much price movement down present on on a few of the collections, yeah. like Untamed and Reward. I don't know. I checked Alpha. Yeah, uh, I you know I just I just kind of keep an eye on my total collection value because it's got a broad set of cards and I think it's uh, a decent barometer. Um, yeah, I used to do the whole market cap thing, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Up because of DAP radar? I mean, maybe. I mean, they are talking about it. Uh, there's tweets and everything, uh, <laughs> by, uh, by DAP radar. So, um, so yeah, so, I mean, some people are going to be dumping cards and, uh, may be worth picking those up if, if you wanted to get involved. Uh, and get some get some good deals because you know liquidation forces prices down typically uh, you know people are going to buy in bulk at a discount so uh, so yeah I don't know if you want to if you want to buy a twenty thousand dollar account as your first thing but <laughs> uh, you know some people do uh, so I mean so for peak monsters and you know you gotta say it's it's similar to for you know the other uh, the other marketplaces. Um, you know, obviously, there's going to be some structural changes. You're going to be broadcasting on different nodes. Uh, but then, I mean, you're not going to be able to buy stuff with Steam, right? You're going to have to buy with Hive or or what's going to... What's what's the general thinking with the caveat that, you know, we're not going to hold you to, to any of this? Me? Yeah. Uh, it's... We spent hours this morning discussing it. Well, I came up with a bunch of different thoughts and I, I mentioned a little bit on the Discord that I was just like, I'm just thinking through this because I mean, maybe we should have been thinking about this for the last couple of months, but it's like, uh, we've got these other projects going on that are, <sighs> that we want to do. Yeah. Um, There's so, a whole thing, right? Yeah. So I think, and I actually wondered this about uh, my business partner, whether he even wanted to, because most of the work is on, like, I've got, you know, a few days of work to do to organize it and to 
to answer questions and do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But more of the work is on him because he has to reprogram it to work with Hive. And then we got to figure a lot of it's figuring out stuff like because there is no Hive token and, and Hive back dollar token market. Right. Starting June 1st, right? I mean, that's gone. Apparently. I mean, there's no steam, the steam <clears throat> hive, hive dollars, steam dollars, all that's gone. And it's just going to be uh, DEC and credits, apparently. Well, yeah, that's that's for that's for Splinterlands marketplace. But I mean, you could build any kind of marketplace you wanted to if you if you wanted to. <sighs> yeah, well, that's a whole that's <laughs> building a whole other thing for something we don't make much money. on. Right. Uh, I can see that there's not much incentive to, to do so. We, we just... And, you know, when we started, we weren't making much money, but it was an investment into the future mm-hmm. of an idea of something that we thought could more money. Didn't have other... You know, like, that was fine to spend a couple of months working on that. You know, several weeks here and there afterwards, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know... But now, it's like we don't have that same sort of like we can maintain what we've made. We can go up a little bit. We can go up 50%, even go up a hundred percent and it's still not much money. Right. It does not justify the time we're putting into it. Mm-hmm. But if you want the answer, it, it he says we've spent too many months on this working on it to just let it go. Mm. We can, let's give it a shot. <laughs> he's willing to, he's willing to do that. So okay. I said, well, maybe we do it in stages. Mm-hmm. We've got other things, projects that we've dedicated our time to, put our time to, and we're just going to have to approach it in stages. So what's the most important thing to us is buying and is buying cards, like be, the ability for people to buy cards. So the bulk functions of buying and the you know that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, is that going to include bulk transfers? bulk transfers you know like if you so the my collection stuff yeah yeah i mean my collection will probably come in pretty soon afterwards because luckily it doesn't involve token currency because that's the most complicated mm-hmm. changes like switching over to uh to the hive blockchain transactions from the steam blockchain transactions i don't think that's going to be too difficult so all the stuff that is in my collections probably not too hard to switch over. Okay. Well, that's, that's my, I, I do a lot of bulk transferring, so that's, that's important to me. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I just bulk listed a bunch of stuff and listing yeah. is an important part of selling. So that is that's true. probably coming in pretty quickly. And I said, well, let's, 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 let's focus on those sorts of things too. Like the ability to, do you ever use the bulk, uh, listing? I never sell cards. Relative so no. priced. <laughs> Oh, you never sold cards. Yeah. I'm just a dragon sitting on my pile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I assume um, it's, it's as easy as everything else. But but what I'm hearing from you is that rentals are screwed. <laughs> rentals is not first stage or second stage or third stage. It is the most difficult thing about this. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Next most difficult is the bids. Okay. But bids is something, that, and, and rentals was to help peak or splinterlands. Right. Well, uh, I mean, I, they, 
I can tell you from my own personal experience. They don't I, hear us anymore, apparently, or something like that. No, I, I think it's just Clyde. Um, I don't know what his deal is. I think his speakers are broken. <laughs> Everybody else is fine. Um, okay. But, uh, but yeah, so I can tell you from my own personal experience, I have bought a lot of cards because of the rentals. Um, yeah. So so there is some some indirect you know, uh, revenue there for you. But, um, but yeah, I can understand how that, that is not just an easy thing to, to move around. And here's the question. And this is thinking out loud. I mean, maybe we see that it's just easier than we think and there's solutions and maybe, uh, Splinterlands creates a few solutions. Cause one of the big things that we're dealing with is that people are not going to be buying with their own money. Right. I don't know if people recognize that. You are not buying with your own tokens. Right. You are buying with tokens that Splinterlands holds for you. Right. Which is both DEC and credits. They are the stewards of your tokens. That They are like, yeah. So you're trusting them to hold it for you. You know, right. whatever that... Yeah, so like if you do... If you run the command in... Um... In Discord here, in a channel that has Banjo, which is Inertia's bot, uh, you can do rich list token, and then you know a number between one and twenty-five, and it'll list uh, the top holders of any particular token. So earlier this morning, I was on this list in the top twenty-five because I've got about two million Dark Energy crystals. But now uh, the I've disappeared because I have transferred all of my Dark Energy crystals to my in-game wallet, which is held in escrow on my behalf by Steam Monsters. So part of that, whatever, 21 million or 218 million, whatever it is, uh, yeah, the 218 million Dark Energy Crystals that Steam Monsters has, that's everybody's in-game wallets as well as whatever else they might have. So um, that is an important distinction to make because just like any, any escrow arrangement, you know, not your keys, not your crypto, kind of applies here. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'll probably put out a post if people want to mention what they what they really, really want to see come back. I mean, that could maybe influence what we do. Yeah. But we're definitely going to... It's almost like building the site over again. Yeah. Essentially. Except that we have most of the code kind of mostly already done so we can move it over make some changes to the code mm -hmm. move it over make some changes to the code okay now <laughs> and it may have to come in you know little spurts here and there yeah oh i do want to i do uh, want to point out uh, just to the audience here that the reason i moved my dark energy crystals is because if the steam chain goes down <laughs> then i don't want to have stuff stuck on steam on steam engine Oh, uh, yeah. I moved everything off of Steam Engine onto uh, Hive Engine. Yeah. I still have a bunch of stuff there, but nothing I really care about. But I, I moved my, my, my pack tokens that were on Steam Engine. I moved them in-game, and I moved my Dark Energy Crystals. And, um, yeah, that's, that's all that's really important, I think. You know, my Steam Leo tokens are now Leo Finance tokens that are already on Hive. And uh, D-City already moved over, so... So yeah, Splinterlands was was the last one, and obviously the most complicated one uh, to move. Neil's not saying that it will go down, but he said just in case, why not? 
<laughs> right, exactly. Like just like when the whole fork thing happened, I unlisted everything from selling stuff just in case the prices of Steam went wild with everyone dumping. And then I've relisted stuff since then. Yeah. You know, similarly, I moved all my Steam onto Bitrix. So, um, at least my liquid Steam. <laughs> and uh, actually, yeah. that, that brings up a question. So, what I, uh, what I did was, with my Peak Monsters account was, you know, the, the money I had in escrow there from rentals, I actually withdrew. And, well, actually, I ended up buying Dark Energy Crystals with it. But do you see, mm. do you foresee any issues with people uh, with their escrow accounts uh, on, oh, on that's, Peak Monsters? That's one of the biggest things that we're facing is even if we don't put rentals right into the new site mm -hmm. right away, like what happens with the old one? What happens with the old system? I don't know exactly because it's very technical. Yeah. It's not just like, what do you, what would we want to happen? It's very technical. Like we have to go and look at the status of your card to see if the contract has, terms have been broken. Mm -hmm. But if now it's all on Hive, I don't know. Well, uh... I, think, <laughs> I think we need it. I think this gives, honestly, I had this discussion and it, it isn't, to mean that this is going to happen, but it could be the right timing for this to happen. I don't think rentals was perfect anyway. I had talked, I think, on a previous show about how I wanted rentals to look differently and to be better and to be more user-friendly. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is the opportunity that to sounds, do that. that the hard optimistic. part is we know that it's not going to make a lot of money, so how do we do that you know like if yeah it's a feature almost that we're creating for splinter let's be honest like right. for the companies mm -hmm. well you they, know, do you have current numbers on how many rental contracts are out there that are active i will pull it up i haven't looked at it in months um because as far as I know, you guys are the only ones who have any kind of uh, tools that work for uh, for rentals. You know, there are the people who have private deals, but that's that's a separate thing. Um, and, and what I would like to see is just easier whole system because there's because every card was a different listing. It made sense to not bulk list them because the prices were so different on every card, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, originally Agrid was like, why don't you just allow me to write one price and list everything at like the one APR, right? Uh-huh. Well, maybe that's the way to do it in the future. It's like, we're done with the super individualized thing, you know? I don't know. But that's problematic. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one, one thing I, so I brought this up to Yabba in the past and what I told him was that I wish they could develop a, a gaming specific blockchain that was really just, uh, JSON operations. And, uh, you know, he said, well, that'd be great. And I agree, but 
you know, they don't have the time or resources to do anything like that. But what one thing I wonder is, is this an opportunity for Splinterlands to actually create uh, the cards as uh, Hive Engine uh, tokens, like NFTs, rather than just historical JSON interpretations? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm presently looking up the answer to your question. Okay, great. Scrolling okay. to the end of the database uh, to see how many open contracts there are. There are 6,560. Oh, that's a lot. 6,560. Well, how many were there previously? The last time I posted about it, it's probably on Steam Peak, huh? Oh, probably. I guess slash. Oh, I, I have children. Children reading my my green screen. <laughs> you have a green screen? Oh yeah. The oh, if, if you're looking at the stream, it's just black behind me because the, like and on my Zoom meetings, it works fantastic. Uh, the green screen is perfect, uh, but on. On OBS, it's it's a little bit more finicky and much more sensitive to the lighting setup. So right now it's just black behind me. Uh, but uh, it is actually a green screen. Okay. So the last time was February 19th. Is that okay. the last time I did it? I don't know. That would be exactly, what, three months ago? Okay. It was uh, 7,500 contracts. All right, so it's gone down a little bit. But, I mean, that's still a significant 1, number. January 24th was the height at 8,400. Uh, 8, so it's gone 2,000 since then, but only okay. 1,000 in the last three months. Okay. Uh, that doesn't, you know, there's a lot of people that have been doing like zero or 0 0.001 cent rentals, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm one of them. So is that the change that we need to do? Like, part of me is like, okay, maybe rentals comes back with, let's develop, what, Splinterlands, if, they, if we're basically creating this for them, maybe they could tell us, hey, this is what we want, and this is what the users want, and we together and say, okay, this is what everyone wants. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we if can they, make it that way if they have uh, something in mind. Um, yeah. So, like, what what I've been doing lately is the um, the all escrow approach, where yeah. uh, you know to remove the currency volatility, where uh, people were getting their uh, their rental contracts, you know, broken accidentally because the amount they had in their wallet was no longer mm -hmm. enough after a crash in the in the steam price, so. How about rental market? What what do you still want it priced in US dollars? What if it was priced in DEC? Then well, people if, knew exactly how much. If everything's going to DEC anyway, that might be something to to consider. <clears throat> I mean, we're putting a lot of trust in a coin that is centralized, you know, as opposed to decentralized. <laughs> Well, I got bad news for you. Hive and Steam are both centralized too. <laughs> you know, people um, 
you know, the, the high versus steam thing is, is very emotional uh, for a lot of people. But, uh, uh, you know, to me, it's always seemed like, well, you have one group of people in power who don't like the other group of people who, who are in power on the other side. And, uh, you know, uh, when I bring up things like, well, how many witnesses don't have the vote from block trades and freedom? You know, I get crickets for responses, but, <laughs> but that's OK. Uh, I know people disagree. So Steamer says he'd be okay with, with DEC. You could just sell it for high pretty fast. It's true. Uh, Someone earlier uh, said that they wouldn't want I think they said that even in regards to their uh, buying and selling of cards. Like, well, <laughs> we don't have control of that, and we're not going to create a whole other. Well, here's an idea. Let's say you make up a, a, a Splinterlands market for Bitcoin, and you just charge like a 1% or whatever percentage, you know, uh, fee. <laughs> Bitcoin. Yeah, we're not too... Bitcoin is, like, expensive. Yeah, well, I mean, you just have to Maybe wait. Maybe like... swapped up BTC. Yeah. Why not use HBD instead of DEC for a stable price? Because HBD is not uh, not very stable. <laughs> it's been stable. Pretty sure we don't actually. So, so Krim says talk about the centralization, but also that doesn't mean you need it. I'm pretty sure we don't actually have it. So I mean, it's not the be all end all. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, people will will argue semantics on what exactly is decentralization and and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think you understood what I meant by the DEC thing. Yeah. You just pointed out a different, you know. Absolutely. So. And I don't know if people understand. I guess. Yeah, I mean the the the, the key like thing DEC about DEC is a different type of de of centralization. Yeah, I mean DEC, the trading DEC that you do for for marketplace transactions is literally not in your control. So you are trusting Splinterlands to do that correctly and accurately and and all that kind of stuff, which I do. Um, but that is just a decision you have to make. You know, hopefully knowingly. You also have, you know, like, how much DEC do they pre-create themselves? Can yeah. they just create themselves more out of thin air? Uh, you know, like, it being on Hive Engine doesn't... I mean, if Hive Engine wants to get rid of it, it's gone, you know? Or, or something, to, you know? Like, you're just trusting their one node right and um it's a total type of different type of realization yeah yeah uh and you know there i know agrid and and the, the the engine team has talked about um adding uh adding um the ability for other people to run nodes of hive engine which would at least help with that with that issue but um, so far, I don't think that's actually gone live. They've, they've talked about some kind of bugs that they've been unable to solve to this point. Um, You're also giving people currency that doesn't have market depth, that changes. You know, you want to sell $1,000 worth of that currency. The fluctuation goes three, four, maybe even 10%, you know. Right. By the time you sell that one thousand dollars worth, you try to sell one thousand dollars worth of Steam or Hive or HP, 
and there is almost zero fluctuate for 1000 right point zero zero one like very that's true uh i mean so gerber created this command uh for gerbot where you just do caret d-e-c-u-s-d and then you can do se or he and it pops up a dark energy crystal price chart but priced in u.s dollars uh, which is really handy um and you can see that there's i mean there's a lot of variance you know 0.001 is like the par value that you can redeem dark energy crystals to splitterlands uh for but uh you know the market price has, has drifted you know significantly 70 percent from there um so yeah, I mean, and and if you look at the and that's just market price variation. That's I'm talking about like no, I, I the ability to sell one thousand dollar at any point in time. You know, it's showing a number, but by the time you're done selling a thousand dollars worth, it's gone down. Right. So like here here's the here's the market depth on Steam Engine right now, and if you wanted to sell a thousand dollars, that would that would be, you know, that's what like six thousand Steam or five thousand Steam right now. And that would wipe out the entire buy order, uh, the buy book. So who knows what price you'd end up with? It would just go yeah. off, off the chart, basically. So one million, one million steam changes the variance from point zero zero three to point zero zero two oh four. That mm-hmm. is. I don't know what that is. Thirty-three percent variance for selling one eight hundred dollars worth of steam. Okay. Six hundred and ten dollars worth of steam. The price variance is there on steam. It. Know what it is on hype. Yeah, but but you know DEC is just a much more volatile cur- currency because there's much less market depth. So that's just that's just true, right? So, <laughs> but I mean. Uh, I don't see us creating a new market protocol. Yeah. Assuming we'll just end up using their market protocol, DEC credits. So I'm not even really credits works too well. In my mind, they're very similar because they're the exact same quantities, you know, DC. Yeah. Credits are the same. Yeah. Um, On the other hand, this so if, if everything's going to be priced in DEC now, does that create more demand um, for DEC, or will just people just dump it and go to something else? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we can create a tool on stores to to exchange DEC to to Hive and forth. Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean you could. I mean. We can do the same with, we're going to be integrating like some, some services that allow swap from Hive to Bitcoin and forth. Oh yeah? Yeah, I've been testing it a little. Well, that's, that's fun. Uh, Cause you know, that's usually the trade I make anyway. Well, you're going to want on Bitcoin. The third parties that we use aren't as good of Ah. Get on. Okay. But yeah, so I mean, there's like on Steam Engine or Hive Engine, there are the pegged coins for BTC and EOS and whatever else. But there's just again, there's no market depth. So we were supposed to. 
We were supposed to launch a new f release today on Peaked, which allows for tipping in, in Bitcoin and Litecoin mm -hmm. and Doge. But we got distracted. <laughs> By what? Everything. What could possibly be distracting today? Uh, you want to talk a minute about Anytime Tournaments since we got about 15 minutes left? Um, uh, yes. Uh, it's one of my two big things, right? It yeah. still has some uh, issues to go to, to solve. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, again... That would take more than 15 minutes to figure out. It, it certainly would. But, <laughs> but just, just to kind of recap, uh, you know, for the audience members, for the future viewers, so their tournaments have been a thing for, I don't know, eight months or something. And they were up up until yesterday they were live tournaments so you would sit there in in the tournament and then you would click battle you'd be automatically assigned matched up with whoever and if you won you went on to the next round and the big issue with it for me anyway was that the um the time involved was just ridiculous because you know a splinterlands match is you know team selection reveal watch is you know two minutes let's say maybe three minutes mm -hmm. and but but you know waiting for everybody to coordinate and for everybody's matches to finish to go on to the next round like a tournament takes like two hours which is just too long yeah um so uh, i know you know jarvie has been has been a big proponent of of a new type of system and i've you know i've expressed you know my feelings to the to the team and they've come up with anytime tournaments which is a new system that, again, went live yesterday. Um, and basically, the way it works now is, you know, however many people join a tournament, they're automatically segregated into discrete groups, of, you know, depending on the numbers of people in the tournament. Um, and then you, you select all your teams at your own pace. You know, you have like a 24-hour window or a 48-hour window or whatever, and then um, you just submit all your teams. And then once everybody's submitted... Uh, then the, the matches are processed and you end up with a record. And you can watch the battles if you want or not. Um, and so, like, I played two tournaments uh, this morning that I had signed up for. And let's see. How am I doing on blonde, Bronze Blunderbuss? Uh, I'm 7-2 and two right now because I'm still waiting on 10 more matches. And it's what about it, what about my tournaments that I've created? I have not signed up for yours. Uh, oh, why's that? <laughs> just because when I looked, you know, these were the two that were uh, instantiated, and uh, yeah. so nothing personal. I just didn't didn't sign up. Uh, you know, so but the point is, you know, I can I can play a whole tournament in like twenty minutes and come back to the next day, and you know, we'll see how it goes. So. Um, yeah. There are there are issues that we have dis we have discovered through testing. <laughs> uh, so, like, I mean, for me, the big issue is is the people who um, who do not submit teams because there have been um, in, in the in the testing rounds uh, the, I played two, and you know, in one of them I was I was in first place up until the end when all the people who didn't submit teams were counted as losses. And then I dropped from first down to like seventh or something because it just so happened that the people who placed above me had more people 
who did not submit teams than I did. And that's super annoying. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I know they have talked about doing a multiple round tournament. So you submit, yeah. uh, you know, for, for one day and then people continue on yeah. for the next day. So I think that'll, that'll mitigate that issue, but then you're extending the timeline. So, you know, pros and I've cons. got a, uh, I've got a tournament right now that I organized. I'm not actually playing in it anywhere. I should have jumped in at least spot where every single person looks like they're going to submit all their team. Wow. Is that the test two, 33,000 test four test four. Uh, let's see. I don't see. Oh, maybe it's in progress. Okay. It's in progress. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that's, that's difficult is, is with the There's... interface is, um, you know, figuring out what tournament you're in. <laughs> There is one guy that maybe is, may not. Yeah. Oh, some of these guys are getting hammered. Uh, that's that's ugly. One hour <laughs> left, and most games have been. Yeah, but Ron, you should try it out. Uh, you know, it's 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 a different experience. Uh, so it's not for everybody. But um, if you just want to play and just get everything done, and you don't want to sit there for two hours, I think it's a good solution. Yeah, uh, how, so you're saying 20 minutes? They still have a little bit of delay that annoys me. It's like, why do I need that delay? I just want to go to my next one. Yeah. Like, you're submitting to the blockchain. Why do I get right. me to my next game? Yeah, I think, I think those delays pop up when, when there's actually a match and you're, you're the second person to submit. Um, it, it's like they're... Yeah, there's they're every game, there's a, like a 10 to 15. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Shape it up. <laughs> uh, but you know, for for a first version, I think it's working decently well. Uh, there's definitely room for improvement, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited that it's now a thing. Someone said that they were like, "Oh, this you know has some inequities about like you know what if everyone doesn't play and you don't you know like those sorts of inequities." I'm like, "Yes, there are." But you know what else has it? The regular tournaments is incredibly inequitable because it just totally matters on who you got matched up on the first round or the second round you know yeah. like they didn't show up okay well you, you just won <laughs> yeah i'm driving crim insane because my my little reminders so like the reminder that just popped up was that the scaredy cat investment show is coming on at five o'clock uh, which is uh which is uh the scaredy cat guide who's in the audience here uh he does uh, okay. all all his crypto review and stock market stuff. Um, it's a good show. So st stick around and check it out. But that comes up in eight minutes. And um, Back to, if, if you don't mind, like if people have requests or thoughts about for Peak Monsters, I mean, let us know what you're worried about, what you're really hoping to see again. Maybe what opportunities to redo rentals or stuff like that <laughs> yeah um you know I, i've been such a such a big fan of rentals for so long that it's hard to it's hard to think about it in a different way um well yeah. i mean one of the things is why not just let the user renting card say i want this card this card this card this card and this card and then we just do it for oh yeah that'd be great and you know create a, a wish list essentially 
and we just go and find the best things. But there's all the contracts are so varied in other things like length, like that. Right. So maybe there's a solution because when we started it, the whole thing with uh, you can't continue your mm -hmm. con your contracts, you know, right. after seven days. Like there'd be a cool down after mm -hmm. the contract went back, right? Right. So maybe it's just, it's only, contracts are only seven days. Right. Hmm. That's interesting. Because, you know, with the, with the tweaks that they've made, if the same person re-rents it, there is no cool down. Yeah. yeah. So why not just them all be seven days? And just rolling however long, right? And just roll until you're done. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot, actually. And if you're doing fixed, uh, so so if everything's a week and everything's in dark energy crystals, then that opens up the ability to do that pretty easily. Uh, yeah. I, oh, I mean, you still have to. I don't know. That's one of the things that I'll bring up to Asgarth, the developer, and see if it's even doable and or bring up to users and see if they like it, you know. And if they don't want Hive, we can, tr you know. They can hit a button, and it will transfer it for them into Hive. Mm. If, I mean, if they don't, it goes into DC or whatever, you know, vice right. versa. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that would be pretty attractive. Now, again, how much money does it make for Peak Monsters? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, you don't you don't have any escrows anymore. That's true. Well, I mean, you do. It's just Splinter Lines well, is holding it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have escrows. I, I mean, you only have escrows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. But it, interesting. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, it is... I think it's just been a matter of time that, uh, you know, Splinter Lines has, has made this move. And I think it's going to happen before June 1st because I think the, the chain is going to break. <laughs> but... Um, uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I think that the mark, I, I, there's got to be some markets out there like, we're going to delist you. And then they're like, oh, crap. Okay, let's not. Uh, maybe. But, you know, very I very little time, like seven hours or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, Justin burned a lot of goodwill on the exchanges part with the. Uh, not necessarily with the, with the uh, getting them to vote for witnesses back in the, you know, things that led up to Hive, but in the in the public relations reaction to that, so uh, he might uh, he might get some delisting. Of course, he has his own exchange, so might not care. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we will see. Yeah, but awesome uh, anytime, and they've I. I love I love that they have it. Yeah, I think there's a good at first iteration. It was better than the first iteration of the original tournament systems. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's not perfect yet. There's yeah. some changes. I'd love to chat about. Some. Yeah, maybe we can do that next week. And uh, you know, once all this uh, insanity has cooled down a bit, because there are definite issues that I think uh, need to be resolved. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, for, for version one, it's working great. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, um, I like it. 
the the uh, an- another side effect though of this of the hive stuff is that you know development on anything is going to take a back seat to migration. Mm. So yeah, we're I think developing a change to the league system, right? Uh, that's that's what I've heard, but then it gets pushed back and pushed back because of external factors. So yeah, It'll supposedly be... that's coming. Uh, yeah, <laughs> great. And that way you won't have uh, you know level one cards in uh, in gold and diamond league uh, play, uh, matches. Yeah. So. And then you're talking to someone that's new and hasn't played. It's like oh, then they get to go in and play and prove, see how good they are against mm-hmm. all these other accounts, and then say okay, well then maybe I'll grab. Some. Yeah. Uh, you know the the decision of whether or not to. Uh, to you know buy more cards and, and level up really you know in my experience that there's two kinds of splinterlands players and there's some overlap but you know the one is just looking at the at the crypto financial stuff and the other is that um you know they're playing the game so you know if you if you're a game player you want to win you want to be the best mm-hmm. you want to improve um and that means you know battling your way through the leagues if you are just the financial uh type then maybe maybe not depending on what you think uh uh you can you can make out of all that mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's coming a little clearer it's pretty chaotic this but. yeah well you know a good night's sleep or a poor night's sleep will Tend, tend to make things clearer and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know one way or the other emotions will will calm down and uh, hopefully you know by this time tomorrow you know steam is working and we can continue playing until uh, you know June 1st and then we just you know if you just go to splinterlands.com it shouldn't be any different um, and uh, you know the, the people with third-party tools and things have a lot of work cut out for them uh but th- we are about out of time uh next up okay. uh, is scaredy cat like i said uh, on the call with me has been jarvie of peak monsters peak d peak everything and uh <laughs> we'll see you next week Neither do we. Ads suck, but these ads are different. These. Hey there. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy times, huh? <laughs> it is. I was. I actually. I. I thought that. Uh, you know, when Agro does these town hall things, they usually go for like ten hours. So I thought. Yeah. I was gonna get uh, bumped, but uh, Ron was like, "No, no, Agro has to go." So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm glad you did it because I was able to vocalize a few things that I was talking about earlier and mm-hmm. seeing if the idea makes sense. I was like, maybe rentals can come back with the 
the seven day idea or something like that. Yeah, I mean that sounds that sounds really interesting to me. Because um... then everyone's prices are competitive directly against each other, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter the length, you know, right? That sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I when you and, initially said and that, and then it makes makes it easier for the buyer because then it's just like or the renter because then they just like. I don't care. Just get me whatever card. Right. And then inform me when they are gone. If they leave, then just tell me, okay, I need to hit this button again to get them again mm -hmm. at the best price. Right. Yeah. I think it's so much better. Yeah. I, I was thinking when you first were talking about it, though, I was thinking uh, in my head, I was thinking 30 days rather than seven. Um, just because... You know, the at seven days, you know, if it if the if the renter stops the rental or does not renew, mm -hmm. then you're stuck with a the owner is stuck with a seven day cooldown. So mm -hmm. that that's a big you know on on a seven day rental that's a that's a big uh, chunk. You know, it's you know. Okay, days. so how about seven day the the first seven days has a different price than all cons consecutive seven. Days. So you put in two prices. Huh, that'd be interesting. The owner says it is twenty cents on the first seven days, ten cents. Yeah, yeah, that might work. You know, um, I wonder if it'd be worth just not even giving people the option and just making something like that structure automatic. But then I, I'm not worried about the abuse of the user because what can the user do? I mean, they can stop paying. Yeah. They've already paid us up front, so it doesn't matter. Anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless they want to stop going, I guess. Do they? Yeah, well, I mean, but. The owner can undelegate cards, which happens, obviously. Yeah, well. But uh, I guess that doesn't put the, the, the user out, though. The, the renter, it doesn't put the renter out because then they just hit another button and they're good to go again, you know? The money that they sent us, we have proportioned according to what they have gotten. So to the user, it's this is no problem. Not right. Yeah, I mean, especially... even if someone takes the delegation away, it's no problem. They click a button and the card is there again from someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if you're doing price matching or, or market matching where you, where everybody's getting the best price at any given time, then yeah, um, then yeah, 